What is going on? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. That's right. I'm back. I'm here. I'm live. A live and live. 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers you can call to participate in the program. Uh, and I have to t- Oh, also uh, Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Uh, so I took Friday off. I was off on Labor Day as well. Had family in town. A ton of fun. Had a great time with everybody. Um, but for a four-day weekend, you know, I I don't really take a lot of time off even when I'm off. I'm I, I'm still, you know, trolling on Twitter, uh, you know, well, okay, commenting in witty ways on Twitter. And um, and I on Thursday, yes, I, I did watch uh, what I've seen referred to as the Biden-Stag fire speech. It was very entertaining. Uh, it was during the live stream, we... Uh, watched it, did a little mystery science theater kind of thing with it, and uh, holy smokes. You know what, though? I came away from it, and maybe I'm odd like this, but I came away from the Biden speech on Thursday really missing Tater. I really miss Tater. Who else at CNN is not going to provide the the media analysis that Brian Stelter was known for. Like, who else is at CNN to ignore, like, the changing, CNN changing the light pattern or the light scheme uh, uh, of the uh, Constitution Hall, right? If not Tater, but for Brian Stelter getting fired. Actually, everybody else at CNN ignored that story. Did you know that they did that? You can actually see it. It, it occurred over like an eight-second span, and it's very gradual. So someone's riding a slider on that. Uh, that's not a. It's not a ride. No, it's a. It's you know like a dial or a, in the radio control room. We've got sliders. They go up and down, higher volume, lower volume, right? And so same thing. They're adjusting. They're adjusting. They're tuning the colors. Because even CNN saw, eh, that's a little too blood red. That's a, that's, a, that's a bit too bloody. Bit too red. So you could see by the end of the eight-second uh, transition, and if you just kind of pause and go from the beginning of the clip to the end of the clip and just kind of bounce back and forth, you can see they turned that thing into, well, as best they could, purple. They tried to get, they tried to get it towards a purple hue. But it was so red they couldn't do it. And then, of course, if you go too purple, right, you go full purple, then it's like everybody knows what you've just done. And then also Biden's going to look a little weird, too, because you're messing with the color of the whole image, right? So the biden Stog fire speech, uh, I forget who it was that uh, called it that. I th- Maybe it was, uh, was it Doc Hayward? I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll attribute it in a minute, but... Um, there's a piece also over at, um, there's a guy named Larry Alex Taunton, and he writes uh, at LarryAlexTaunton.com, uh, uh, surprisingly enough. And um, he talks about the purpose of Biden's speech from hell. That's what he, that's what he has dubbed this thing, the speech from hell. Uh, he says the blood red hues were no mistake. This was a call for blood and a calculated provocation. I also, okay, honestly, I was not thinking of Brian Stelter at the time. Although I did make a note, you know, nobody's going to hold CNN accountable for trying to change the lighting to make Biden seem, you know, less like a Nazi. But um, but Brian Stelter definitely wouldn't have done it either. 
No, what I was thinking of during this uh, speech was what Brett Winderbull has said, and I now, I quote him, I give him attribution every time I, I steal his line. So it's not really stealing. I'm, I'm giving attribution. But he said they're trying to make you jump off sides. That's what's going on. And he's exactly right. And once you see it as that, it's very clear. It's very clear. So, and this is sort of what Larry Alex Taunton uh, is getting at in his blog as well. He's some former um, he's administration official, I want to say. I forget. Um, but to hear their telling of it, he says, MAGA Republicans represent a clear and present danger to our democracy. And remember, I, I've said this for years. Whenever you hear Democrats talking about the democracy or our democracy, just swap out democracy for Democrat Party because that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about all of us participating in our constitutional republic. They're talking about them having power, Democrat Party. So anything that jeopardizes their party's ability to gain power, wield power. Uh, and again, they, you know, they are very big about throwing the term fascist around. But there is only, you know, there's only one party that openly advocates for the growth of government. And it's not the Republicans. Now, you can argue that Republicans have grown government, and uh, you would not get much of uh, an argument from me against that position. But the Republicans at least pay the lip service to say, we don't want the government doing all of these things. Except, well, Democrats will say, well, on abortion. Okay, the one issue that you don't want government doing anything, protecting innocent life. We get it. Okay, fine. Oh, well, okay, two, two things. Also, you know, not imprisoning anybody. Okay, so those two things are the two things you have finally found you don't want government doing. Okay, but everything else, government's got a role. Government has a responsibility. Government is us. Government is just us doing all of these things at the, you know, the threat of force at the other end of a barrel, of a gun. That's it. Come on. It's what Jesus would do. (laughs) That's the, the most laughable of the arguments from the leftists. Um. He says, you would almost think, this is again, Larry Alex Taunton, you would almost think these mostly middle-class Americans that Biden was describing, that these middle-class Americans are in the streets rioting, tossing Molotov cocktails through the windows of businesses, looting, burning cities, attempting assassinations of Supreme Court justices, yeah, pretty much went Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the you know, the brown shirt element of the Democrat Party, what they've been doing for years. But no, 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 no. These are people that really don't like Joe Biden and believe Donald Trump won the election and that uh, his victory was stolen from him. I'm not even sure because then Biden tried to walk it back, right? Biden tried to walk back, kind of, his attack on the semi-fascist MAGA Republicans, who he described as essentially pro-life, pro-lifers. So if you're pro-life, I guess even if you're a Democrat, you're a MAGA Republican. Welcome to the party. Right? It's It was incoherence. It was destabilizing. It was dangerous. It was beneath the presidency, beneath the office of the presidency. But that's what Joe Biden is. He always has been. People who thought there's I got another piece here by a guy named Scott Street. He wrote at The Federalist. He says, I'm a Democrat who thinks Biden's rhetoric has gone too far. This is who Biden has always been. 
this fake machismo guy. You know, look fat. You know, like, dude, you're 80 years old. You can't beat somebody in a push-up contest. Right? This is what he was saying on the campaign trail like four years ago. He was talking about uh, back in, what, 88 or 84 when he ran for president. And then they found out, oh, he plagiarized all this stuff. And that actually cost him his run. But he was also a just a congenital liar about everything for no reason at all. He made up like his where he finished in his law school class and how many majors he had and all this. They just would just make all this stuff up. He's making up another one. He was out on the campaign trail yesterday, uh, again in Pennsylvania, and he made up some bit about how he was, you know, really big into the civil rights movement and doing all of the work at the time. Except back when his brain wasn't completely demented, like 20 years ago, he said he wasn't. He said he was just working at the pool, you know, taking on corn pop, which, by the way, now that you know all that you know about Joe Biden, is it possible, just possible, that Corn Pop was the hero of that story? Think about it. Got a bunch of kids in the pool rubbing Joe Biden's legs. Maybe Corn Pop knew something was going on with that, that white boy lifeguard over there. Maybe Corn Pop was the hero. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. John Hayward is his name. I was thinking Doc Hayward because he goes by Doc O on Twitter. John Hayward. He's a writer at Breitbart. He called it the Biden-Stag fire speech. <laughs> and he said it was nothing more sophisticated, nothing less immoral than a flailing president frantically trying to rally his dispirited base by giving them a new version of their dopey resistance role-playing game to play. The LARPer... Uh, you know, live action role player, right? The, this resistance, these same people who went down on inauguration day, remember? And they're like, we're the resistance. They fancy themselves revolutionaries. They're resisting the tyrant Trump, which by the way, as far as tyrants go, worst tyrant ever, worst tyrant ever got voted out, left office. What kind of tyrant does that? Seriously, if you were expecting, you know, full on fascisty tyrant, you know, based on the billing that the media gave you and that's what you got, a guy he left office. Come on, man. All right, let me uh, go over to the phones here. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Here is Mitch. Hello, Mitch. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Pete. I'm all right. Hey, Pete, here's what I want people of goodwill in our country who want a united country to, to realize. What's going on right now with Joe Biden is a strategy. Uh, basically, uh, the Democrat Party helped to get so-called MAGA Republicans through the primaries, and then they switched into this mode. Mm-hmm. So we got a major political party who has decided that their best way to win an election is to demonize what quarter, half, quarter, third, maybe half the country. Their best bet at winning an election is to divide us mm-hmm. i mean it's sadistic it's it's highly cynical and you you are correct in noting that the oh all right mitch hung up on me just for the record i did not hang up on him but thanks for the call mitch i appreciate it um it, it is a cynical play mitch is exactly correct in tying it to uh the effort to get 
Trump-backed candidates through primaries. It, it, that is a, it's a tactic so grotesque that even editorial boards of you know, left-leaning newspapers, shall we say, even they can't abide it. Even they point out that's kind of scuzzy. What if these people are such a threat to the democracy? Once again, just replace democracy with Democrat Party. If it's such a threat to democracy, if you really do believe this, why are you funding their efforts? Oh, because you're afraid that they're the only ones you can be. Because you only have a strategy that is geared towards calling them fascists. That's all you've got. And that is all they've got. Um, it is very much like the climate change uh, clergy, right? The ones that fly all around the world and tell you to, you know, heat your home with solar and run your AC with wind or something. Um, and by the way, I am going to get to the energy stuff because this is, uh, it's, it, it's getting very, very concerning. As it, sh- as it should be, we're going to get to the energy stuff. Um, but how come the, the, the climate change clergy, how come they don't live as if their salvation depends on their own actions? What's up with that, right? I would believe you if you acted like you believed you, right? And I kind of feel like that with the Democrats here. I would believe you about the threat that this Trump-backed candidate might pose if you seemed like you believed you. But when you put money into their campaign, I'm thinking you're actually not that worried. You actually, or or what, that you're willing to risk burning the entire country down, losing the democracy. You're going to risk all of that for your own personal political advantage? And that's supposed to be the courageous position to take. Interesting. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Thanks a lot for hanging out. Let me be a part of your day. I do appreciate it. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, did you talk at all with friends, family, gathering around the the barbecue? Um, or the grill, I should say. Uh, did, you cha- did you chat at all about the biden Steg fire speech from Thursday night? Did, it, did that go over well with anybody? Aside from the people, the resistance LARPers, right? Aside from the people that seem to have just a wee bit of hatred in their hearts, just a a little bit of a desire for some violence. Aside from them, did anybody think that was a good speech? Like, yeah, way to stick it to the MAGA Republicans. Well, this really needed to be said. Did it really need uh, need to be said? Is there anybody, is there anybody left in America right now who, who, doesn't have an opinion about January 6th and Donald Trump, you know, one way or the other. It kind of feels like we're, it kind of feels like we've calcified our positions on that stuff. What do you think? And and I don't think Biden's speech persuaded anybody to think anything differently about their opinion about January 6th, except maybe go the other direction. Here's one. Scott Street. He says, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I even worked for Joe Biden at one time. 
The president's speech in Philadelphia last week marked a new low for America and a new low for a party that I once idolized. To me, the Democratic Party was the party of hope, tolerance, and opportunity. He goes on to say later, this has all vanished. Biden's speech confirmed it. As speeches go, the Biden speech was a letdown, filled with shallow attacks on broad categories of people and, of course, the former president. Nobody outside of a CNN newsroom, which appears to have modified the speech's lighting in real time, nobody outside of that CNN newsroom will be inspired by a fall campaign focused on Donald Trump and the people who rioted at the Capitol. Right. By the way, I still think that part of this is they're trying to goad Trump into announcing his intention to run for president before the midterms. I have no idea if he's going to. I have no idea if he plans to announce that before the midterms. But I get the feeling that Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, they want Trump to announce his intentions before the midterms because it will motivate their base. One of the rules in midterm election turnout is that these are the people usually the angriest people are the most motivated to turn out. And usually the angriest people are the ones not in power and they get angry at the stuff that's happening. So they go out and vote the bums out. Right. And so how do you how do you try to to block that from happening? How do you try to minimize the losses? Well, you got to get your people angry. This is the back in chains. This is the racist. All of that stuff is all designed to animate a base that they need to keep angry. I'm not saying Republicans don't try to keep their base angry as well. They absolutely do, too. But we need to recognize what what they're doing. That's why that speech looked the way it did. Either that or there's just some like some big fans of like the Nazi aesthetic uh, inside the White House, which, by the way, the. uh, Press secretary also said something the other day where she says uh, uh, that tr- or the, uh, Biden believes that uh, the, the the semi-fascists or whatever, that you know, these are people, these are extremists because they don't hold views that are in line with a majority of the country. And so that makes them extremist. So that's that's the definition. The Biden administration is now offering up for extremist, which is a position not held by at least half of the American population. And so by that definition, the Biden administration is extremist by their own definition, because most Americans think they suck. I'm sorry. That's what the polling shows. I didn't want to have to be so brutal here, but that's what the polling indicates. Your definition is more than half of the people are against something, and that makes the proponents extremist and so you are i don't make the rules so scott street says he used to be a democrat he's or he is a lifelong democrat he worked for joe biden he says this speech was a letdown he says but writing a poor speech is one thing delivering it in front of a nuremberg style backdrop that's quite another (laughs) the imagery shocked many people it should have shocked everybody It took just a few minutes for the Babylon Bee to draw comparisons between Biden's speech and Nazi Germany. And while most Nazi comparisons are exaggerated, these ones struck a little too close to home. 
After all, while the president warns about fascism or semi-fascism, maybe trans-fascism, I don't know, whatever that is. Um, While he's warning about the fascism, his administration is the one censoring people who disagree with it, trying to prosecute political opponents. These are both flagrant violations of democratic norms. His administration is the one that, while claiming to crack down on big tech, actually worked with it to punish dissenting voices and stifle debate. His administration is one that attacks its critics as terrorists, compares speech to violence. His administration is the one that felt bold enough to create a disinformation board within the Department of Homeland Security, an Orwellian concept that the world has not seen on such a large scale since the 1930s regimes that Biden says he hates. The saddest part is most Americans want Biden to succeed. That's what drew so many of them, me included, he says. That's not me saying that, Pete. That's this guy, Scott Street, because apparently people hear things I don't say. That's This is what drew so many people to Biden's campaign. They did not like the negative tone that Trump brought to the White House. They wanted compassionate, competent, bipartisan leadership, somebody with the confidence to thank Trump for his service and then move on. Biden seemed the perfect fit. I mean, to people who didn't know Joe Biden, I guess. But uh, he says, I learned earlier than others that those were hollow promises. And Biden is a shell of his former self, a puppet of the media and political establishment, both of which are obsessed with Trump. Hence, last Thursday's speech. You've heard this saying before. I will say it again to you now. They are guilty of that which they accuse you. It is gaslighting of the highest order. That's the thing. I watched that speech and uh, did what I kept saying. Gaslighting. This is all gaslighting. It's, it's being aggressive and provocative. It's incitement. By the way, do you know why uh, police lights are blue now? Remember when I was a kid, they were red, right? All the, the sirens, the, the bubble lights on top of the cru- uh, cruisers, they were always red lights. You notice they're not red anymore. They're all blue. You know why? Studies show that the red makes you more agitated. People more likely to flee from the red lights than the blue lights. Blue lights have a more calming... I know, right? I'm saying that. Wait, blue lights behind me? Wait a minute! No. I, that's, that's why they switched all, of mo- uh, all over to the blue lights. So they had blue in the backdrop behind Biden, but it was off to the one side. The red was right in the middle, and that was the tight shot. And then the, the way that the gutters on the top of the building made it look like one of the, it made it look like Nazi iconography. I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't do the set design. Why didn't they get the guy who did the Roman columns for Obama's convention? Why couldn't they get that person? What, what, what happened there? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. A reminder, September's Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, and we're doing the third annual Little Heroes Blood Drives every week. In September, WBT hosts a blood drive with the One Blood Big Red Bus. It's going to be over there at Minton Moorhead at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. No Jack Daniels before or after you donate. We're not giving away any booze. Blood donations, though, are critical in treating all forms of cancer, WBT's. Uh, trying to help the kids in the community that are fighting the disease. So if you can, if you are interested, please, we ask you, consider making a life-saving blood donation yourself. Go to WBT.com for all of the details. And uh, thanks again to Jameson Realty and Affordable Siding and Windows for help making uh, all of it happen. We appreciate it. WBT.com for the details. All right. Larry 
uh, Alex Taunton, T-A-U-N-T-O-N. LarryAlexTaunton.com is his website. Uh, author, uh, does a lot of appearances, and uh, I was reading through his bio. He does... He has a very lengthy bio. He's a writer, and so it's like 17 pages. And so I – anyway, he's – that's where I got this uh, analysis, uh, one of these pieces of analysis that I found to be particularly uh, instructive to me and figured I would share it with you, the purpose of Biden's speech from hell. What is the purpose of this speech? Right? It was gaslighting. But what's, what is that designed to do? Why is he trying to provoke? And this is what – Taunton calls it, he says it's a calculated provocation. He says he believes Biden's speech appears to have had three purposes. First, let's deal with the obvious. Democrats have a pathological fear of Donald Trump. Okay, that, like that is beyond debate at this point. I've been saying this in a different way, uh, maybe a, a little less refined, which is that Trump broke people's brains. Right. He broke their brains. They they cannot see anything or interpret anything except through a prism of Trump. It's it's the most amazing thing. And that's pro and con. There are people that are so pro-Trump and people who are so anti-Trump. But on the anti-side of it, everything, this is TDS, right? Trump derangement syndrome. Okay, so that's number one. And it is a pathological fear, hatred. I think the hatred is born of fear, which again... If your fear is that he's a tyrant, then why did he not seize power on January 6th? Well, he tried. Yeah, but he didn't. Right? He he didn't. Worst tyrant ever. But he wanted to be. Okay. But he's not in office now. How about we worry about the guy that just did the uh, the the speech in front of the, the Nazi flag? How about that? Maybe focus on that fascist? How about that? Anyway. Uh, Biden's speech signaled an escalation in the war on roughly half of the voting public. Where he may have used the hallowed stage to allay an ever-growing anxiety about spiraling inflation, debt, out-of-control spending, potential food shortages, violent crime on the rise. No, no, Biden, the great unifier, did nothing of the sort. He instead employed extremist language denouncing alleged extremists, signaling Democrats intend to ramp up their increasingly aggressive posture towards Americans who dare oppose their radical social, political, and economic agenda. Third, closely related to the second, Biden's speech appears to be a calculated attempt to provoke a violent response from those targeted by it. This is what Winterbull has said, right? They want you to jump off sides. They want another incident that they can use to parlay into anger and more voter turnout for them. 